You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We'll get to the latest in Fernie in just a moment, but we want to start with some breaking weather news. The second fall storm of the season packing a serious punch. And while the rain was forecast, there was also something we didn't expect, a snowfall warning for Whistler. Check out these shots just outside of the village. The snow sticking to the road this afternoon, creating backups and long delays. The weight of the snow, too much for some trees. As you can see, a number of branches came down. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with more on this. Christy Whistler could be in for some serious snow tonight. Yes, although, Sophie, I think the worst is over for the Whistler area. Now, as we said, uh, a bit of a shocker. The temperature just dropped just below zero through the afternoon hours, and that brought widespread snow. But in the last hour, it's now climbed to exactly zero degrees, so it's all changed to rain. Check out the uh, roads right now. A huge improvement, pretty much just wet out there. And then in addition, we are nearing the back edge of the system, so the heaviest rain is nearly moved on. Uh, so I think through the overnight period, we may see another five centimeters, but that would be about it. All right, Christy, we'll check in with you a little bit later tonight. And at lower elevations, it was rain wreaking havoc, battering the lower mainland for much of the day, causing flooding in some areas and leaving a number of intersections underwater, along with cars. The area around the SkyTrain station at Gilmore also had to be closed when flooding became an issue. The trains were still running, but transit users apparently couldn't get into the station. And there are numerous reports of trees and branches down in various parts of Metro Vancouver. Our Catherine Urquhart is in the elements in Burnaby tonight where we have been seeing some serious flooding. Catherine. That's right, Sophie. We are at Gilmore and Henning in Burnaby, right near the SkyTrain station, and it is ugly here. Take a look behind me. Several feet of water, a lot of flooding, cars unable to maneuver through this area. Two of them have been abandoning abandoned after flooding out and stalling. Now, only a couple of pylons are here, so people are largely unaware that this is a problem area. They don't really realize until they come upon it. Again, we are at Gilmore and Henning, Henning, H-E-N-N-I-N-G, in Burnaby, where there is massive flooding right near the SkyTrain station. Avoid this area at all costs. Back to you. All right. Thanks for that, Catherine. Certainly a number of intersections across the region seeing a similar situation. So be careful out there. We'll keep checking with our traffic reports throughout the news hour. Now to some breaking details out of Fernie tonight. The tight-knit community reeling after the tragic deaths of three people after an ammonia leak at a hockey arena. Two city employees and a contractor. Our Ted Chernecki is live in Fernie tonight. And Ted, a media briefing was just held. The rink's still too dangerous to enter. Yeah, that's right. Within the last hour or so, they updated us saying there's just too much gas on the eastern end of the arena right now, so they have yet to remove the remaining two victims inside the arena. Uh, but, you know, this is the very place where nine years ago uh, the community gathered to say goodbye to eight snowmobilers who died in an avalanche. So now we have three more deaths. And once again, this is a small community dealing with a lot of grief. A full day and a half after yesterday's leak of deadly ammonia gas, the bodies of two of the three victims had yet to be recovered by late Wednesday. Today, specialized search and rescue units from around B.C. and Alberta arrived for the delicate task of securing the site. 
Sadly, we lost three people yesterday, two of whom were part of the City of Fernie family. We are respecting the family's wishes and will not be releasing the names of those we've lost. A contractor from Alberta is dead. A smashed window marks where one of the victims staggered out of the arena and collapsed. Numerous sources have confirmed that one of the two locals who perished is long-term municipal employee Wayne Hornquist. He would be somebody you would model yourself after. He is the kind of guy who, you know, he sees Wayne, you got a minute, I got a problem. And he'd, he'd just stop what he was doing and come and give you a hand. That's what kind of guy he was. It's believed an alarm sounded at about four in the morning from the refrigeration unit at the west end of the hockey rink. The arena responded by notifying local hockey teams and others that Memorial Arena would be closed for, quote, emergency refrigeration repair work, unquote. It was after that closure when the leak occurred at about 11.30 Tuesday morning. I spent the first half of the day, I guess some people are like me, I just couldn't believe it. I didn't know what the hell to say. Yeah. Now when I think about it, it gets pretty hard. It's scary because we, you know, go to the hockey arena, go skating, and it's like, what if other people were in there when this happened? There are less dangerous ways to refrigerate a nice surface, but they're also more expensive, especially for small communities like Fernie talk a little bit more about that coming up but right now Ted where does the investigation go from here well this site is still in the control of the RCMP and once they determine there is no criminality they will release the site to other agencies including WorkSafe BC and now ammonia gas is such a potentially dangerous gas there are strict protocols and regulations that need to be followed by the employer and in this case that's the community of Fernie but it could take months before we know if those protocols and regulations were followed Chris all right, Ted Chernecki live in Fernie. Thanks, Ted. Now, ammonia is used as a cooling agent in arenas right across this country. In fact, incidents such as the one in Fernie are not uncommon. However, this is believed to be the first fatal case. Aaron MacArthur now with what you need to know about the chemical and the procedures that are supposed to be in place to protect you. Think about how much time the average Canadian spends at a rink never once giving thought to the dangerous chemicals that keep the ice cold. A fantastic performance by Karen Magnuson. Six years ago, Olympic silver medalist Karen Magnuson was injured after an accident with ammonia on the North Shore. I was getting ready to go on the ice, I was putting my skates on, and I walked into a hallway uh, not knowing that really anything was wrong um, because there were no alarms into 400 pounds of ammonia gas. Today, she says nothing has changed since her accident. Some 65% of all rinks in Canada still cooled with ammonia, and leaks happen with regularity. In Moncton today, crews forced to respond to a small leak. And he discovered that this valve here was leaking, so he replaced his valve. It's a five, ten minute job, and he's out, no problem. While accidents with injuries are rare, they do happen across the country, including one in Edmonton, where 31 people were sent to hospital. This is our ammonia detection system. So in Vancouver, the park board maintains eight ice rinks, all with ammonia cooling plants. The safety procedures in place include personal detection monitors, room monitors, high-pressure exhaust fans, and constant watching of the equipment. And we have our safety standards in place, so it's not just, you know... Uh, it's definitely not ad hoc. It's definitely structured and, and very high tech. There are other options for refrigeration, but often systems are expensive and less efficient. New ammonia-based plants are using less gas and the updated safety procedures designed to keep all users safe. 
Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Vancouver police have identified the victim of a homicide in the West End. The body of 34-year-old Marlene Mars was found in an apartment near Jervis and Harwood just before 4 p.m. last Friday. Officers found other people in the suite who weren't hurt, but they are considered witnesses. At this point, no suspect is in custody. They encourage anyone with information about Mars' death to call Vancouver police. The family of a missing 20-year-old Abbotsford woman is making a desperate plea tonight for any information on her whereabouts. Christina Ward was last seen almost a month ago. Jeff Hastings now on what clues they have to go on. Door-to-door in Langley City on a miserable day. Mounties looking for 20-year-old Christina Ward. So is her family. Under an overpass away from the rain, her mother's desperation and misery are clear. We're very concerned for her. And we miss her, and something's not right. Christina's family reported her missing from Abbotsford on September the 25th. She was last seen here in Langley City September 27th by an RCMP member who reported that Christina seemed fine. Christina is described as having long, dark, curly hair, being 5'6", 120 pounds, and naive. She's not your typical 20-year-old. She is uh, probably easily taken advantage of because she is a trusting person. She has an air of innocence about her. She tends to believe people at face value. Christina frequented the streets and was occasionally seen at homeless camps. She was very standoffish, you know, like she didn't quite fit and there was something different about her. And yeah, she just didn't belong there. Christina is also desperately in need of medication that she hasn't taken in weeks. Somebody has to step forward. Somebody has information. People just don't disappear and... Nobody noticed something. She's a loving girl, and she she needs help. Jeff Hastings, Global News. There will soon be more security at city parks in Burnaby. The plan calls for a number of measures to increase public safety. Our Romina Dea is live in Burnaby Central Park, the scene of a mysterious and yet unsolved murder. Romina, Marissa Shen's death increasing the urgency here. Absolutely, Chris, and the new safety plan is a bit of a victory, a small victory for community activists and for Marissa Shen's mother. Marissa Shen's mother wants two things, her daughter's killer caught and safety for her community. I feel uh, happy about that. Family friend Valentine Wu launched the Community Safety Task Force after the 13-year-old's murder. He says Shen's mother feels like the city's new safety plan is a good step. Based on the positive change I talked to you, uh, he feels a little bit, uh, released a little bit, relieved a little bit. The 13-year-old's body was discovered in the bushes in Burnaby Central Park July 19th. The murder, random. The killer, still out there. City Council now moving ahead with several new safety measures, including a one-year pilot project that will see bylaw officers on bikes in three parks, Central, Burnaby Lake and Robert Burnaby. Council also looking at installing surveillance cameras and putting in call boxes linked directly to 911. We've been thinking about a lot of these issues over a number of years, but obviously this incident catalyzed our thinking to take the initiatives that were necessary to put in new resources. The new safety plan is a start, 
But for Shen's mother, there's no peace of mind until someone is arrested. She wants the suspect to be captured. Yeah, so that is, is she want, and uh, she just likes to feel a little bit frustrated because that goal hasn't been achieved. Well, let's talk a little bit about timeline, Romino. When will these new measures be implemented? No hard timeline right now, Chris. It could be months. The mayor is saying that he's still waiting for his staff to get back to him with estimated costs. Now, as far as the investigation goes, we did reach out to IHIT to see if we could get any update. We did not get a response, Chris. All right. Details hard to come by in that case. Thanks very much, Romina. Another example of the verbal abuse sometimes hurled at police officers. And we want to warn you, this one is pretty shocking. Stand over by your car. Record this. You fat. Stand over by your car. Get out of here. You touched me already. You're assaulting me, you fat. Get over there. I'm not moving, you piece of. You mother. Well, if you can believe it, that is probably the tamest part of this video. It was posted online yesterday, and reaction has been swift in the favor of the officer, who, as you can see, demonstrated extreme patience. We're thankful that we have a professional officer like the officers that we do have, and we're proud of them. We're asking that if you do find yourself speaking inappropriately to an officer and you something clicks with you, just press pause, take a deep breath, and start again. Our officers are very patient, and they're more than willing to help and, and to work with you. In three months, I make what you make in a year. That's good to okay, hear. Okay, you're gonna jealous for, from the brown boys. No. Yeah, you guys are. That's why I'm giving you the ticket. Well, this one comes just days after we showed you this interaction with transit police who had pulled over two young men for speeding. The men taking issue with the officer's refusal to show them the radar gun, which, by the way, they don't have to. And it's important to note, transit officers are empowered just as any other police officer. A new mother is raising concerns tonight about patient protocol at Burnaby General Hospital. After giving birth, both she and her baby suffered some serious health issues that brought them to different hospitals for treatment. John Waugh explains why the family feels Burnaby General made a grave mistake, one they say could have cost the young mother her life. This is what it's like when nothing goes according to a birth plan. I was really scared because uh, I could feel my baby coming out. I have more breath. This video taken just moments after Carolina Vallegra gave birth to Valentina. Thank you. On the bathroom floor of her Burnaby apartment. I felt like it was a dream because I was like, how could have this happened like this? But the 21-year-old says the true nightmare began after being sent to Burnaby Hospital for post-pregnancy procedures. Complications from that leading to another visit to hospital and surgery. I didn't think it could have gotten worse than that, but it did. During her recovery, Vallegra learned her newborn had to be taken to the pediatric unit at Royal Columbian Hospital because of a fever. Burnaby Hospital staff clearing the new mother to join her. Totally pale. Uh, she, she just looked so sick. Paula Villegra says when her daughter arrived, doctors at Royal Columbian sent her straight to emergency, her hemoglobin level down to 63. Medical staff allegedly telling them no one should be discharged below 80. Villegra was immediately given a blood transfusion. I asked uh, the doctor, like, did the Burnaby Hospital not see this? Then uh, they said, uh, it's on here. So they did see it and they let you go. 
No one from Fraser Health would go on camera or speak specifically to the case because of privacy reasons, but saying they would contact the family to hear out their concerns. Allegra will be filing a patient quality care complaint. It was a very terrifying moment for me because uh, uh, obviously I didn't want to like pass away after giving birth, right? I mean, like I want to be there for my daughter. Luckily, both mom and baby are healthy and safe. A rough start to motherhood, she says, only made worse in the aftermath. John Hua, Global News. Pressure on the NDP to take action on ride-sharing this province is not letting up. The party finds itself in the hot seat since announcing its decision to delay implementation, breaking a campaign promise to have it brought in by the end of the year. Our Keith Baldry joins us live in Victoria. Uh, Keith, the Premier had a media availability today basically about anything, but it was really Uber that he got in the hot seat for. Yeah, Uber continues to, and ride-sharing continues, continues to be a hot topic over here, uh, uh, Sophie. So the guy putting the pressure on, the, on John Horgan right now is actually Green Party leader Andrew Weaver. This is the bill he's going to put in front of the legislature tomorrow for first reading, a private member's bill called the Rideshare Enabling Act. Uh, and then he's hoping that uh, it passes the House. More on that in a moment. We're going to hear from John, Premier Horgan, who says it's more complicated than what Mr. Weaver thinks it is in terms of passing legislation. But Weaver has a suggestion of what to do with his bill. Here's the two of them. Uh, you, you can't split away the existing industry with six pieces of legislation and a whole host of other regulations in place and then arbitrarily bring forward new competition that doesn't have to live by those rules. Have, if they want to explore it further, have one of their members put forward a motion to send it to a committee and let the legislative committee do its work to actually engage stakeholders across British Columbia. It's time for this to happen. It's already going on in an unregulated manner in Vancouver. And uh, we have an exciting opportunity to show leadership here. So Andrew Weaver is going to table this legislation. Will it go any further than that? Unlikely. The government calls bills for debate, not the opposition. We haven't had a private member's bill passed from the opposition in at least 40 years. Sophie? All right. Thanks for that, Keith. Lots of work, but no workers. Many Vancouver businesses are advertising help wanted. From restaurants to retail stores, employees are in short supply. The hiring crisis in a wealthy city that some worry is a new normal in just over a minute. We are less as a country without Gord Downey in it. The Prime Minister obviously choked up, feeling the same way a lot of Canadians do with the passing of tragically hip frontman Gord Downey. A tribute to his remarkable talent coming up a little later. Plus, why you never want to interrupt a game of pool at Gizzy's Bar in Manitoba. We'll explain why these guys got so angry later on the news hour. But first, you've probably noticed the signs popping up seemingly everywhere. Help wanted and we're hiring in the windows of countless Metro Vancouver businesses. What you might not know is that the labor shortage has reached a critical level. Grace Key tells us why. Cliff Morin is fulfilling a dream to become a chef. He's pursuing his red seal at the Have Culinary Training School in Vancouver's downtown east side. When I first came here, I was uh, knee-deep in my addictions and that. And uh, um, one thing that did help me is uh, to focus on something, to get a goal. The society not only helps rebuild lives with job training and work opportunities, but they also fulfill a much-needed gap in the industry. It's a real problem, and we're seeing businesses now that are reducing hours, some businesses are closing, um, they decide not to operate because it's just not worth it any longer. So we're probably in a crisis situation, and where we used to have a lot of youth that would 
roll into restaurants and cut their teeth and get great experience and then move on, that population isn't there any longer. And so we're having now to rethink where can these workers come from? That's where HAVE comes in, Hope, Action, Values, and Ethics. Since 2007, more than 900 students have gone through the eight-week program free of cost. It has an 80% success rate. HAVE focuses in on an untapped resource in the job market, and other industries are starting to see its potential. A good friend of mine who uh, um, is in the cycling business, they need uh, bike mechanics. And so they've been thinking about doing the same kind of model with bike mechanics because it's very seasonal and they come and they go. Organizers would like to see this program expanded throughout the province to fulfill an employment gap. My ultimate goal is to become a chef, a Red Seal chef, and with the help of uh, Chef Amber Anderson, um, I'll, I'll prevail. Grace Key, Global News. Well, five small B.C. wineries have teamed up to take on a trade Goliath. Laws that make it easier to sell their products in other countries than in other Canadian provinces. The wineries have been granted intervener status in the Supreme Court case of a maritime man who was fined for bringing liquor into New Brunswick from Quebec. Currently, only B.C., Manitoba and Nova Scotia allow the shipping of liquor from other provinces. B.C. wineries say they need these new markets in Canada. British Columbia luckily has had a really good run since NAFTA in growing its wine industry and we're now at almost 300 wineries. However, uh, the market here is limited by the number of people that live in British Columbia and we're reaching a saturation point. Well, I ordered a gun online because you can, and it was shipped to me. I think it was from Manitoba at the time, and uh, it was, and you, you know, I couldn't do the same with a case box of wine. The Supreme Court will hear the case in December. Making a point with the gun. A quick reminder about your chance to win the ultimate rugby fan experience. Tickets to the HSBC 7's Rugby Weekend in March, that big tournament taking place right here in Vancouver. And that's not all. We also have airfare and tickets to the tour stop in Hong Kong the next month. All you have to do is listen to the news hour for the code word and then go to our website for your chance to win. In the meantime, a raging inferno races across southern Alberta. Wicked winds whip up flames and show their awesome power in other ways, too. Also ahead, what did Donald Trump actually say to a grieving military family? Well, not even this freight train could stand up to the hurricane force winds that blew through Alberta last night. At least five cars were blown off a trestle bridge near Wainwright and another 28 cars toppled near the town of Huxley. Those winds, which hit 130 kilometers an hour in some places, also turned grass fires into infernos. And one of those fires took the life of a volunteer firefighter. Global's Fletcher Kent reports. The winds came and they brought fire. You could have never outran it on foot, that it was moving that fast. Across southern Alberta, 100 to 120 kilometer per hour gusts knocked over power poles, starting small fires and soon became big ones. It was from the road here to the houses within two to three minutes. It was just like a funnel of fire that just was heading straight for those houses. Within minutes, like our whole yard was on fire. As the flames spread, 500 people in communities from the B.C. border to Saskatchewan were forced to flee their homes. Crews tried to get ahead of the fires, but as they worked, tragedy. At a fire near the Saskatchewan border, 34-year-old father and volunteer firefighter James Hargrave died when his vehicle rolled. 
friends are mourning. He was a great person. And everybody liked him, and he visited everybody. Two other homeowners in Saskatchewan have been sent to hospital. They were injured trying to fight one blaze, but the rest of the loss was to property. Officials say so far they've had reports of 10 homes destroyed, including Gerald Barstad's. This right in here is where the kitchen was. His home east of Calgary is gone. He watched the fire rolling past, but then the wind switched, and he fled. It's a funny feeling. <laughs> Not too much left. Provincial emergency officials say the worst appears to be over. Most residents have been allowed to return home, but local states of emergency remain in four areas. And the fire in the southwest is still out of control. And from those officials, a warning. Even professionals uh, find themselves in precarious situations, so uh, the advice uh, to the, uh, the public is to make sure that they're always aware and to avoid any of those areas. Fletcher Kent, Global News. Donald Trump's controversial condolence call to a military widow. Did not say what the congresswoman said. What the president is accused of saying about a soldier who died in battle. Plus, why a guy who brought a gun into a Manitoba bar probably wishes he hadn't. Watch the Global News and CKNW Leadership Series each Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on BC One, presented by Fortis BC. Energy at work. Portugal's interior minister resigned today over criticism of his government's handling of wildfires that have killed more than 100 people in the past four months. Not only is that Portugal's highest wildfire death toll ever, the area burned this year is also the largest on record at more than six times the annual average. Most troubling, authorities say arsonists are to blame for most of the fires. Donald Trump is showing once again that there is almost no one he won't engage in a war of words. This time, the U.S. president is taking on the family of a soldier who died in Africa. NBC's Peter Alexander reports. Tonight, honor and sacrifice for families mourning loved ones killed in Niger, including Sergeant LeDavid Johnson, a father of two, whose unborn child will never meet his dad, Brian Black, a Green Beret medic, and Jeremiah Johnson, who loved riding motorcycles. The Wright family has served in the armed forces for 200 years. 29-year-old Dustin, the first to die in the line of duty. The kindest, the most loving person you've ever met, and... That's the amazing thing about him. The Pentagon tonight still investigating how the low-risk mission was blindsided, a deadly ambush by fighters affiliated with ISIS. During the attack, Johnson becoming separated from the unit, his body found by Nigerian troops two days later. Tonight, his family's pain compounded, they say, by the president's words. President Trump denying a Democratic congresswoman's claim he disrespected Johnson during a call to his widow. I had a very nice conversation with the woman, with the wife who is sounded like a lovely woman, did not say what the congresswoman said. That congresswoman, Frederica Wilson, standing by her account of the call, heard on speakerphone. He said, well, I guess you knew he something to the fact that he knew what he was getting into when he signed up, but I guess it hurts anyway. The president blasting Wilson's story is totally fabricated, adding, I have proof. That proof, not a recording, but according to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, aides in the room, including Chief of Staff John Kelly. The president earlier invoking the memory of Kelly's son, a Marine, killed in Afghanistan. And you could ask General Kelly, did he get a call from Obama? Can you describe how General Kelly feels about it? I think that General Kelly is disgusted by the way that this has been politicized and that the focus has become on the process and not the fact that American lives were lost. 
Security video out of Manitoba shows bar patrons overpowering a man with a shotgun. It began when three suspects wearing disguises robbed a man of his cell phone outside the bar. The video shows customers drop to the floor when the suspects walk in, and one of them, armed with a shotgun, fires a shot into the ceiling. But staff and customers soon managed to overpower the would-be thieves, taking away the shotgun and giving one of them a beating. Despite that, all three of them got away, and police are still looking for the suspects. In Health Matters tonight, another popular supermarket product has been recalled. Jane's brand breaded chicken products have been recalled due to possible salmonella contamination. Along with popcorn chicken, the recall includes pub-style chicken burgers and breaded chicken cutlets. Both are sold in 800-gram packages with best before dates of May 12, 2018. Products should be thrown out or returned to the store. If you haven't received your flu shot yet, health officials say you might want to give it some serious thought. Based on what this year's flu strain has already done in other parts of the world, health officials say it's a particularly nasty one. Nitu Garcha reports. Just bend your head towards me. In what could be another severe flu season, the Vancouver Island Health Authority is putting out a warning. We've been seeing some sporadic cases of H3N2 throughout the community. It's also at elevated levels in other places in the world. The Southern Hemisphere, especially Australia, among the regions hit hard over the past few months. <coughs> Health officials keep a watchful eye over the flu season south of the equator. Patterns there lay the groundwork for predicting which viruses could make the rounds in the Northern Hemisphere. H3N2 is notorious for causing severe illness, especially in seniors. The flu vaccine is one of the best tools that we do have to prevent the spread. Among those at the highest risk are pregnant women, children under five, and seniors over the age of 65. The latter could benefit from a vaccination relatively new to Canada called Fluzone High Dose. Fluzone HD has been shown to give you another 35% better coverage. It's very short-sighted of this government and this public health people not to use this flu shot. Now Dr. Peter Innes, who's purchased the vaccine himself, is selling it to his patients. But the National Advisory Committee on Immunization has not recommended Fluzone be covered in provincial programs. The provinces have to consider whether, for instance, in B.C., an extra $15 million per year is justified by that amount of incremental benefit. And collectively, to date, we have not felt that to be the case. Regardless of the type of vaccine, they're still concerned that not enough people are getting one. I heard that uh, there's so many side effects of flu shots, so I'm just scared that I don't want to take flu shots. Because I don't get sick. If I did, I'm sure I would. Flu shots are publicly available today. The BCCDC recommends people get theirs as soon as possible and aim for no later than the end of November. Neetu Garcha, Global News, Victoria. Courage in the face of cancer and grace too. Yes, I can get behind Canadian fans mourn Gord Downey, a man who is so much more than his music. But first, the manhunt for carjacking suspects with no regard for anyone's safety. A Texas woman gets the fright of her life when armed men try to carjack her. And you won't believe who else was in that vehicle. That's right after the forecast. All right, pretty active uh, day and evening in the weather, to put it mildly. Here's Christy mm -hmm. Gordon with a look at what's going on around us. Christy.
Yes, yeah, so storm number two certainly has been interesting all the way through the day. I thought I'd give you an update on the conditions in Whistler. Still wet, as you can see there, and we are nearing the back end of this system, so I'm really not anticipating much accumulation. If you do see anything, it would be really isolated, uh, maybe a couple centimeters. Uh, this was the storm number two. We saw between 35 and 60 millimeters of rain across the lower mainland. Downtown Vancouver, nearly 60 millimeters. The ground is saturated, the storm's drains are full, and that's why we saw the flooding on top of how much rain we had. And these were the wind gusts, Saturn Island 93 and out towards Point Atkinson 94. Now the bulk of the winds have shifted to the east, still gusty winds out in the Fraser Valley, but that is going to ease in the next couple of hours. And there is the storm right there. So the back edge of it nearing our area. So we'll see quite quickly the heavier rain ease off to showers. Now we're not done with the rain completely. In behind this front, we still do have a fair amount of moisture, but it will be more spotty. So you would see, maybe see isolated, heavier rain at times. Maybe another 5 to 10 millimeters expected over the next 24 hours. So our Thursday and our Friday, scattered showers and then storm number three. That is going to move in on Friday night. And the first half of our weekend is looking quite wet and windy with that next storm. We'll keep you up to date on that, of course, as we get closer. Rogers Pass has a snowfall warning in effect. So that's all the way from Eagle Pass to Rogers Pass. Snowing there right now. They could see a good 10 centimeters before conditions warm up overnight. So we are expecting conditions to warm up. Other mountain passes that could see some snow, uh, Kootenai Pass about five centimeters and potentially a little bit on the connector. But otherwise, uh, Coquihalla and Allison Pass should be warm just looking at rain. This is your forecast for tomorrow. So rain and thunderstorms across the north coast as very uh, upper level low with a lot of instability pushes in. Now further inland, a nice little break from all the rain that we saw today. So mix of sun and cloud. However, at instability is going to push in. So isolated thunderstorms possible. Still some rain and wind in through that southeastern corner. And for our region, we're talking about cloud and showers. Aren't nearly as heavy and as windy as what we saw today. But certainly we will see spotty conditions. So that's our Thursday and our Friday. And as I mentioned, storm number three expected to push in Friday night. And that will last into our Saturday. Here's our weather window for tonight. I thought it was nice. Obviously it was raining as they were heading out but calm there a nice little walk for sam and myla gliding and that's from their mom kara that's in alice lake very nice thank you christy Mm. well police in houston texas have released surveillance video of a frightening crime in hopes they can catch the culprits the video shows a group of men bail out of a car and run towards a minivan as one of the men fires shots at the vehicle they've just left the woman in the van manages to grab her 11 month old niece still in a car seat, before both of them are roughly pulled out and thrown to the ground. Police say two men were shot, one man is dead, and another was wounded. Thankfully, the woman and her niece weren't injured. Three suspects, though, are still on the loose. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Crazy in Houston. All right. Okay, look who's here. All right. Mark Barnes. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, the Canucks won last night. Nice. How about that? Talk a bit about that coming up. Also, for those not emotionally invested in the Astros or the Cubs, a Dodgers-Yankees World Series is the dream matchup. 0-2. Hammered in the left. Watch it fly. And both New York and L.A. are one win each from setting a date. Also ahead, he is fully, completely missed from coast to coast morning Canada's front man. 
Today's Ultimate Rugby Fan Contest code word is TRILINE. Go online and enter the code word for your chance to win. Tune into Global News Hour tomorrow at 6 for another chance to win. <laughs> There's victory in the air for the Canucks. Victory. Yes. I know it's so... Okay, it's just one game now. Unexpected. I know it was unexpected. I'll tell you other things that are unexpected. And I'll ask this question. Did we unknowingly go down some sort of sports wormhole and end up in a future where Las Vegas is one of the best teams in the NHL, Edmonton's one of the worst, and the Canucks get shutouts on the road with their backup goalie? Right now, the expansion Golden Knights are 5-1. and one. These guys are supposed to be Vancouver Grizzlies bad, but they're not. The Oilers, one of Vegas Casino's favorites to win the Stanley Cup, are 1-4, and four, and the Canucks did what they did last night in Ottawa, a team that had not lost in regulation. How about the Killer Bees line? Besser, Berchi, Vermistrov. We showed you this last night one more time. Power play, Besser. I like him on the power play. One thing about goal scorers, sometimes the puck just follows them. And how about Thomas Vanek last night running over Alex Burroughs? And then, this would not be allowed in road hockey. That slap shot is way too close to the net. But it works in the pros, and that's his 700th career point. And tomorrow, the Canucks are in Boston. Friday, they are in Buffalo. We pay tribute. Gord Downey tribute before the Leafs Red Wings game tonight. And of course, let's also bring in Bill Barilko, who was the subject of one of Tragically Hip's great songs. And Nazem Kadri. Boy, he's had a good start to this season. Well, so have all the Leafs, including this young man, Austin Matthews. Pull it back. Score. 5-3 Leafs early in the third period. We talked about the Yankees. They were down 2-0 in this series to Houston. Then they tied it 2-2. Game 5 in New York. Greg Bird down the right field line. So they get the first run on board. Then Aaron Judge. All 6-7 of him. Not out of the yard, but out of reach. Alex Bregman can't get it. Another run scores. Gary Sanchez. 4-0 Yankees at this point. Sanchez out of the yard. They go back to Houston for game six and seven if necessary. The Yankees just need one more. Premier League action. Chelsea. Roma, this is a great game. Chelsea look like they're going to run away with it. David Luiz. Oh, it's brilliant. Yes, I just said that. Uh, then Eden Hazard. And it's 2-0 Chelsea. That was in the 37th minute, but they couldn't hold the lead. As Roma came back with three straight. Checo. We've had brilliant. We've had glorious goals. We've had everything. That was Checo's first of two. Alexander Kolarov. Kohler off the free kick delivery, Jekko knocking in, but Chelsea saves it. Eden Hazard again, so 3-3 the final. Chelsea and Roma. Looking to and remain 
Unblemished. Benfica haven't beaten United since the old Benfica, Manchester United, and also a bird show. Uh, Benfica put in an 18-year-old to play goal. Milas Filar. He grabs the ball, but he backs over the line with it. So Rashford gets the goal, and Man U gets the win. Uh, it'll get better, kid. Don't worry. One nothing, Man U over Benfica. There you go. Didn't have many options there, did he? Would have. If well, he would have done this, wouldn't he have gone needed? right to the guy? He needed arms like you. Exactly. He needed longer arms. <laughs> Hold that ball out. Thanks, Squire. Thanks, Squire. Let's check in with Jay Durant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thanks very much, Sophie. It was a wild day of weather across many parts of the province. Heavy rain causing all kinds of problems, trouble for drivers on the roads with flooding and pooling water. We'll show you the mess many British Columbians had to deal with and keep an eye on the conditions still to come. Christy will have the very latest for us. We'll have the updates tonight. That and the rest of the day's news coming up at 11. All right. Thanks very much, Jay. A lot of love for Gord Downey and an emotional tribute when we come back. Up on ET Canada, remembering the life of the tragically hip frontman Gord Downey. Plus, find out which actresses are now coming forward about their ordeals of sexual abuse. And we have an exclusive sit down with Michael Kors to talk about how he is helping millions of people across the world. That's coming up at seven right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right, Roz, thanks very much. Yes, Gord Downey and his passing, just about all anybody's been talking about today. They say if Canada did have a house band, it was the tragically hip. Gord Downey, for sure. He helped to write the soundtrack of this nation. And today, a grateful nation paid tribute to him. Uh, Gord was my friend, but Gord was everyone's friend. It's who we were. Our buddy Gord, who loved this country with everything he had, and not just loved it in a nebulous, oh, I love Canada way. He loved every hidden corner, every story, every aspect of this country that he celebrated his whole life. They shot a moving one in my hometown. Everybody was in it from miles around. A lot of these songs just have had such incredible impact on Canadians. They always will. Very tough for us all, for all Canadians. He did a lot through music and through action. He did so much. He knew as great as we were, we needed to be better than we are. And that's why his last years were devoted to Cheney Wedjack and to, to reconciliation. It'll take 150 years or seven generations to heal the wound of the residential school, to become a country and truly call ourselves Canada. When you saw a band like this, you kind of embraced them, you know, they're ours, they're Canadian. So we're thinking about all the great things that he's done and what a special Canadian he is. Uh, and we are, <laughs> we are less as a country without Gord Downey in it. But we're a better nation for having had him. No doubt. And no you doubt. learned so much from his um, lyrics Sing. about Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job putting that together. Oh, thank you very much. Great job. But it, um, you know, it's the, you don't often see uh, a politician. Yeah. 
lose it. Get choked up like that. And I I sort of didn't realize what uh, what good friends they were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you see him... um, in a lot of the background of all the honors that he, he was yeah. given. Right. The great thing, too, about the Tragically Hip was, they ne- for whatever reason, the Americans never really caught on to what they were doing. No. But we didn't care. And actually, that made it more special.